Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Beautiful music, beautiful music. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Uh, America's Heroes Group Roundtable with our partners. Uh, we are actually here looking at uh, uh, Globally Connected with KFF Health News. Uh, today is Saturday, October 28th, 2023. October is also Breast Cancer, Mental Health, National Disability, and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, try to make some contributions to these or help the people who are suffering from these um, issues. Uh, we need to be much more of a community. Uh, our host is Cliff Kelly, the iconic one, and I am the co-host, Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is the unforgettable, incredible Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And today we have a very, very special pa panelist with us. Uh, Judith Graham is a contributing com columnist, uh, writes the Navigating Agent column for KFF Health News. She has covered the health care for more than 30 years. Uh, she's been an investigative reporter, national correspondent, and senior health reporter at the Chicago Tribune, and a regular contributor to the New York Times New Old Age blog. Judith was the first topic uh, leader on aging for the Association of Healthcare Journalists. Her work has appeared in publications including Stats News, the Washington Post, and the Journal of the American Medical Association. She is a graduate of Harvard College and has a master's degree in journalism from Columbia University. Uh, she wrote something that I looked at and she said win a pillow surprise for it. It's a fantastic article and I encourage you to read her writings. Uh, but she is talking about the uh, navigating aging. And as I was reading this, I was uh, reading her article as I was taking a walk and I started looking down at my pot belly and started saying, oh my God, how's my back going to do? Uh, do I need a colonoscopy? And uh, boy, I did stay up late last night. So things like that were come popping into my head <laughs> as I was reading this. And I said, this is a masterful article. Welcome, Judith. I'm delighted to be here. And one thing that wasn't on my resume, yes. I grew up in Chicago. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 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 that is fantastic. <laughs> I knew you had something incredible in you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, tell us about this topic. I'm so excited about it because, you know, uh, one of the things that really uh, this pulled me back because I'm, I'm a physician myself, but it actually made me think too. And when I was looking at this, I, you know, the one thing was the focus should not be on reversing our aging. You know, rather it should be um, understanding and acclimating to it and understanding the process we're going through. Such a powerful article you wrote. Boy, you said that, uh, you said that really well. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are all kinds of outfits out there trying to sell you stuff to make you be younger whether it's supplements or, you know, some places say, you know, 
um, if you're really wealthy, you can get blood from young people and have it injected into you. You yeah. name it. Somebody's hawking that. And this is the book, the one I wrote about by a very distinguished geriatrician at Mount Sinai in New York. They actually had the first um, training program for geriatricians in the United States. Her name is Roseanne Leipzig, and um, she's in her 70s, and she called her book Honest Aging, and it's a really, it's a tell it like it is, not tell you what you want to hear, which is that you can be young forever, but, you know, this is what you can look forward to as you grow older, Um, and she, it's a very dense book. Um, She covers so many things, how our taste changes, our hearing changes, our eyesight changes, our musculoskeletal system, um, our sleep, uh, you name it. Um, You know, what's good is that you can read this and you, if you're, I'm 69, no, 68, I'm going to be 69 soon. Um, You can say, oh, Uh, You know, I see myself in this, or I see what's coming up, and number one, you don't feel so alone, and number two, as you said, you can prepare for it in some ways, or recognize it when it happens to you. Yes, yes. This this is so fascinating. You know, that's one of the number one books I'm going to go and get after reading your article, because, um, you know, a 400-plus page guidebook it must have some incredible information uh, contained within it because um, there are so many things we always question ourselves about. You know, because one of the things that uh, you mentioned in your article w- as well is the issue about, oh, I forgot something. And it's like, do I have dementia? Because we automatically think, you know, oh, I lost my keys somewhere or I, I forgot to, to pick something up or lock the door. Uh, does that mean I have uh, full-blown dementia or Alzheimer's disease? And that could be very, very frightening for people. It's a huge issue. One of the things that, I mean, I've learned so much from reading this book, and I write about aging. I've written about aging for about a dozen years. So one of the things that I learned, I already knew that, you know, as we grow older, our short-term memory um, tends to become, uh, you know, a little less efficient, and we lose memory for names. That is completely common. Everybody I know is now searching for names. That is common. One of the things I learned is that the ability to multitask, you know, to be looking at your phone and driving (laughs) or, you know, be looking at your email and, uh, you know, on a phone conversation or be, you know, just doing multiple things at once it doesn't work as well as we get older. So what we might see as, oh boy, I'm not just, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. It could be that you just need to focus on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And if you focus in that way, you'll be good at doing that thing and then turn your attention to the next thing. You might have to organize things a little bit differently. Ah, so I have, to, I have to slow down when I feed my cat because if I f- forget her name, Sophia, I just have to look at her and say, cat, come over here and eat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, hopefully she listens. My yeah. cats never listen to me. Oh, no, they, she, she's a, on, independent. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you were mentioning some things that were really interesting because, um, you know, in your article you talk about, you know, how cognition slows down, but also the musculoskeletal system feels less flexible. And uh, so people have to start thinking about how they are uh, maintaining their balance and those kinds of things. But there are some, you know, uh, potential things you can do for that. (laughs) There's a lot that you can do for it. And it doesn't mean going to the gym. You know, one of the things, Mm -hmm. this is something I plan to write about, is there are Mm -hmm. now a lot of programs online, you know, whether they're exercise programs or you know, teaching you how to do strength exercises or resistance exercises that you can do at home. I once talked to a geriatrician about um, some of these strength exercises. He said, get a can of like Campbell's soup in each hand and just raise it, you know, (laughs) all the way up and bring it back down and all the way up and bring it back down. You don't need to go buy weights. You know, you can do a lot of these things in your own home if you learn how to do them. And that it's really important. I think the most important thing that, you know, I keep on hearing from everybody is do everything possible to keep moving because that's essential to the health of our entire body. So whether it's taking a walk outside, or I know in the Chicago winters, people can't get outside necessarily up and down your hallway doing what you can at home, every little bit makes a difference. Yes, yes, yes. And and, and it's the amount of the, just the consistency, making sure that you're always doing something. Uh, and, you know, today I did my 10,000 steps because I, I got into this kick about doing steps and just taking a walk, and you don't have to run and beat your body up and, as you were saying, uh, do things that are going to be uh, actually detrimental to your health because, you, you know, if you start – tearing muscles or, you know, the, the muscles and the tendons and the, mus- uh, and the ligaments don't uh, hold up as well as we're getting older and older. Uh, so, you know, th- those things can lead to falls and, and, and those kinds of things. You know, our bones are a little bit more brittle. So just making sure that you're just consistently doing something is so, so important. Yeah, build it into your schedule and start slow yeah. and add things slowly onto your schedule. One of the things that I, you know, have uh, thought was so interesting is that older adults, and we're talking, you know, people after the age of 65, Mm -hmm. but of course it changes as you move through the different, you know, periods of older age. They don't realize when they're thirsty. Their Mm. ability to sense thirst diminishes. So a lot of people get dehydrated without knowing it. So, you know, one of the things in addition to like building some, you know, just moving around into your schedule, every hour you get up and you walk around um, for five minutes, even, you know, that can make a difference. Drink a cup of water, you know, every hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when you don't feel like you really need it, you, you might need it. Yes, yeah, because those motivations, those uh, basic instincts we have uh, for thirst and, and uh, or even taste diminishes some as well as you were mentioning in your article that uh, your food can actually change in its type of um, appeal to you 
uh, because your taste buds aren't as active, uh, aren't perceiving the ta- full flavor and aroma of something that you're putting in your mouth. Right, so people might stop eating because it's just not as pleasurable, to which you can say, add more spices to your food. Mm. You're making fried chicken, add some, you know, garlic salt. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> right? You're making me hungry so already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might need to add more of that kind of stuff so that the food still tastes good. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. And there, there was something else you were... Um, talking about uh, about the sleep cycle how it becomes fragmented as well and that is something that um, I've noticed myself like I'm 66 now um, but I've noticed that if I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning it's a little bit more difficult to go back to sleep Um, and uh, and it makes me and I still get about uh, you know about between 7 and 8 hours a day I try to Um, but uh, that is an issue Oh, it's a big issue, and um, I, for the first time, am like you. I'm experiencing sleep issues I never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things, uh, a very practical thing, is, well, first of all, keep your room dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helps if the room is on the chillier side, um, cooler side, as opposed to warm. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Leipzig told me that, um, the falling of the temperatures at night is part of a signal that our, to our bodies that it's time to go to sleep. Oh, so very interesting. Yeah. Don't keep the that. temperature up way high. Mm-hmm. Keep the lights off and do not use the, your, those digital devices in bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you hear the beeping all night <laughs> with the emails oh, coming yeah. in. and <laughs> Too much, right. too much, too much. <laughs> yeah. And don't, don't, don't eat a big meal because mm-hmm. some of our, you know, digestion, a lot of our basic systems operate less efficiently and more slowly. So you don't want, uh, you know, to go to bed bloated. So eat a little bit on the earlier side um, so that your, you know, digestive system has a chance to process that before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that can, that can actually also increase your risk for reflux and, you know, and aspiration even into the lungs of uh, food content if you're not. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of really um, sensible, practical things that you can do. Mm-hmm. The problem is how do you find out <laughs> what they are, right? right. I mean, it, right. It, hopefully you have a grandmother who's wise who tells you, mm-hmm. but this um, – It's interesting because Dr. Leipzig told me when she wrote this book, Mm -hmm. I'm of the generation that when we became pregnant, we wrote, we read a book called What to Expect When You're Expecting Mm -hmm. about pregnancy that walked you through the nine months and gave you (laughs) information. That's what she set out to do with this book. Of course, it's not nine months. It can be, you know, older age can be 10, 20, 30 years. That's a long period of time. And it doesn't, you know, there's no one way of going through it. Um, So, um, you know, it it was a bit of a hard sell for her to find a place to publish um, the book because it's it's more complicated than pregnancy. But there's so much good practical advice um, as well as information that, that she writes about. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. Also, you were mentioning things about the eyesight, how that changes, you know, as well as hearing. But, uh, you know, we need much more light to read when we are older. And I've noticed that, you know, that I, you know, I start reading and I turn on the lights and it's like, that's not enough light. And I've been reading under that same light for a long time, for years. Right. <laughs> and, and then, of course, <laughs> going down the stairs. Ah. So your ability to see the contrast between light and shade and between different colors changes. Mm-hmm. So you might not see that step as clearly ah. as you have in the past. Very interesting, you know, because one of the leading causes of death uh, in the nation, and people don't really talk about it much, is falls. Um, Absolutely. Because, you know, if you fall and you fracture your femur, your hip uh, bone, right, you can actually lose, uh, you know, a few liters of blood, three or four liters of blood in an empty space. It's a potential space. And many people are, you know, they are found, uh, you know, non-responsive after, you know, having internal bleeding. And so just getting up out of bed, even taking time to get out of bed uh, to adjust, because you were mentioning also about the light that, uh, it may take more time for you to adjust going from dark to light and light to dark. Right. And, uh, yeah. And one of the things that I wrote about um, is, um, or that um, the doctor wrote about and then I wrote about in my article, mm-hmm. is that the symptoms of illness for older adults are different than they are for younger adults. Mm-hmm. This was an issue with the COVID pandemic, that older adults did not you know, get sick in the same way that younger people did. And so they didn't even know that, you know, this was potentially the virus that they that they had. And doctors didn't know either. So with, you know, with a heart attack, um, it it might be a feeling of of weakness as opposed to pain in the chest, you know, with pneumonia might be, um, fatigue as opposed to, um, you know, trouble breathing. It, it just, you with depression, people might be more apathetic or irritable um, than sad. You know, it's, so it's easy to miss things in older adults if you don't have doctors who sort of know what they're doing. Oh, Judith, I could speak to you all day we have two minutes left on this it's, it's like it's been going by so fast because it's, it's really enjoyable talking to you uh but you did one line in this uh in your article that i thought was really remarkable because it's, it's going to something i use all the time it's uh because of accumulated damage to hair cells in the inner ear it's harder to hear especially at high frequencies it's also harder to understand speech that's rapid and loaded with information or that occurs in noisy environments. I'm going to tell yes. this to my wife all the time because she yells at me and she said, you're not listening. <laughs> so it may just be my age uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's getting in the well, way. <laughs> she's got a high, probably a higher pitch because she's a woman. Okay. <laughs> so slow the speech down. Don't go to restaurants where there's a lot of loud noise and where people are talking over each other. You're not going to be able to hear as yeah. well. I see as well. Yes. <laughs> well, that gets me out part of the part of the problem. But <laughs> but anything you want to really push through really quick in one minute, you know, uh, that you think is, people need to know, other than reading your phenomenal article, which I think you should get the Pulitzer Prize for. But uh, anything else that you think that they need to know? 
Well, I, the final thing I would say is get your medications checked. Don't assume just you've been, because you've been taking that uh, medication for 10, 15 years that your body is reacting to it in the same way. Mm-hmm. That's because that changes too as we get older. Mm-hmm. So talk to your doctors about whether you need the medication, whether you're taking the right dose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a really important thing to do. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Judith. Uh, But we're going to go on to the next segment and stay tuned to America's Heroes Group. We will be right back. Stay there. Listen to the music and be back. We'll be here. The voice will still be here. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.